0: This is Mr. Impact Wrestling himself. And you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers,
1: hookers and coke. Hookers and coke, man.
0: You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do
1: the shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way: I think Sammy Callahan might as well just
0: change his name to Invader One. I want to know why. Like he can dodge any question. Like I'll tell anyone that you can tell me. The f-ing, but I, I'm going to ask specific questions promotional consideration paid for by the following.
1: WrestlingNewsSource.com All the rest of you Yahoo's are out there dilly dilly and you little wankers We're actually receiving real wrestling news This is
0: Brett screwed
1: Brett
0: Who are you to to doubt El Dandy because this guy's a serious professional
1: Brett screwed Brett. Hold to
0: arm bar
1: Hey get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does Ru. Yeah they do. <laughs> What's up, TIW Mafia? It's a Yeti. Hey, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening uh product of wrestling new source kaya is is back uh she's hanging out getting ready to come in um we got her an, an exclusive uh place to do the interview from she has her uh sidekick with her so um we're really looking forward to it um the good witch uh the conduit of karma and somebody that i've really been looking forward to interviewing because we're huge beyond fans we're huge wbr fans uh we're, we're just fans of the product in the northeast of course uh jp being from boston um, and I watch everything through the screen. So we're, we're super excited and super happy, uh, to have Kaya here. Uh, also, um, black and, and brave wrestling Academy. Uh, we're going to really try to talk about that. Cause that's what we do is we talk about independent pro wrestling. We talk about some of the best academies to attend, uh, and we try to get as much information as we can so people can make amazing decisions. And, uh, that's it. So let's bring in Kaya. How are you tonight? Good, witch, kind of karma Kaya McKenna, how are you?
0: I'm all right. I'm doing good. I'm actually heading out to Iowa to do some more rehab training before I hopefully get back to the ring and um, the end of spring. So I pulled over in a rest stop. I've got Empress with me. Just going to get a cup of coffee and we're just going to chat for a little bit. It's going to be a nice little mental break.
1: Good. (laughs) And that's, I want to tell you how much I appreciate that because that's huge for you to be able to like, you're, you're doing something very important. Like you're, you're recovering from an injury um, and we were talking before, but, but the question I wanted to ask, like, and let everybody kind of absorb and listen to is, um, how do you, how do you take, cause it, I wouldn't say it is a meteoric rise, but, but you're, you're popular pretty fast. Like you, uh, you, you got a fan base really fast and then, um, AEW injury, you smack, I think what you referred to as what it felt like a uh, sheet metal. Um, like just stiff and did something to to your labrum. Um, what has the process been for you mentally, emotionally, physically?
0: I feel like it's a lot like it's a loss, right? Like, so you know how, if you lose a loved one in your life, you grieve. When you lose the ability to do something you love, hold on one second, enough.
1: No, don't worry about this.
0: it. The whole interview, I'm so sorry. When you, um,
1: Empress is here.
0: Yeah, like seriously, put the tweet out now. Like, Empress is going off on the, live and ready to go. It's a pug. I can't help it. Um, That's right. But yeah, so when you lose someone in your life, you have to go through a grieving process. I feel it's very similar to when you're wrestling and you lose the ability to do wrestling for any period of time, whether it be a couple of weeks, a couple of months, years, you name it, you go through a loss and you have to go through this grieving process and everybody does it differently um at first i was very angry i was very angry because i could not understand why something like this would happen to me you know that whole feeling that you get and then i was really upset and disheartened and depressed because i was one of those people that had my surgery diligently did my physical therapy did not rush to come back, waited, went to every doctor's appointment, did every little progression, like adjusted my diet, took all the supplements. I did my recovery by the book and I still had an, an incident of re-injury. So it was very, very hard for me to accept that considering the percentage of that happening. It was like a 2% chance. Like, what are the what are the odds? Maybe I should go buy a lottery ticket. I don't know. But it was very hard and I got very, very depressed after that injury in the fall. And I think that kind of hindered my ability to bounce back as quickly as I did previously, because it wasn't a physical issue, but I needed to be in the right spot mentally to build my body back up for what I wanted to do, which was wrestling. So that's kind of where I've been. And it's, it's been a, gosh, it's been five months. It doesn't feel like it. It certainly doesn't. I think it's in part because I have so much support from all of you guys out and out at the shows and online and everything, but it's been a little bit longer of a process this time, but, I think it's more been a mental game for me than a physical game. You know, you always have that "what if" in the back of your head.
1: Do you? Um, I mean, obviously, to be able to do what you do, you you you've got to have some some mental strength and some emotional ap- aptitude. Um, you you talked about like depression. Like you're right, grief grief is messy. Like it's you're happy, Dude, you're angry, so sad. you're sad, you're you're excited, was
0: so you're you all over for like a good yeah. six weeks. I was just not feeling it, you know. It, it even upset me to watch wrestling at that point. Cause I'd put, I had devoted a whole year of my life to just doing this comeback. That was literally, I got cleared the day before that happened. Like that was my date of medical clearance. And then the next day I was immediately re-injured and I was just like, oh. ah. <laughs> you know, like how? So it was very hard. It was very hard. But what a,
1: what do you, um, Cause we're, we're really huge on mental health. Like we're, we're really big on it. We think, um, it's something that isn't talked about enough. Uh, and a lot of individuals that struggle with mental health are huge pro wrestling fans because it's an outlet. Um, it's a creative outlet. Um, and not only just podcasts, but people that do digital stuff like you with, uh, the stuff that you do with, with Mothra Mm -hmm. and, um, scapegoat, like that to me, that that's an outlet. Um, what, what was your outlet during that time?
0: It's going to be terrible if I say the internet community and the support I received from people on wrestling Twitter. I mean, you know, when you're going through this rehab process and you're not out at the shows physically to be around the people who support you in person, like people who like would like my tweets or check on me or interact with me or follow my recovery story really helped pull me out of that rut. And helped keep me going because it's very interesting one thing i've learned in being out of action for almost a year and a half now is wrestlers forget sometimes like we forget each other because we're also focused on trying to get ourselves to the next thing the next place the next whatever so it's very easy for people to fall out of the shuffle and off your radar when you're doing your grind but like the fans never forget they never forget like it's just incredible to me like Despite being out for as long as I've been out and everything I've been through, I still will pop up at a show on occasion to help out while I'm recovering. And wrestlers are happy to see me, but the fans are like, oh, when are you coming back? I can't wait for you to come back. Can you take a picture so we can put it on Twitter? Like, oh, my God, I miss I miss just miss watching you wrestle so much. And I'm so happy to see you and see that you're doing well. And like that type of support was what really kind of helped pull me up out of that little sad blanket burrito that I had become. Is seeing that there really are people out there that despite how long it has been they're still waiting for me i'm sorry i don't get emotional but no no it's really nice it, it's it was just such a refreshing thing and it's such an important thing to like make sure you're also interacting with those people because they're so pivotal to your success and your livelihood you know so yeah honestly like just having the support I, online really made a huge difference in pulling me out of the rut
1: well, I think we, uh, hey, Joe Bruin, what's up, my friend? He's up there in the Northeast.
0: Yep,
1: <laughs> uh, uh, it's good, good that you're emotional because I think that sh- proves that you're healing. And it, mm-hmm. when you're, an injury like this is, it could it could destroy somebody mentally. I, I really feel like there's two ways you can go. You can either, like, get really negative because you're there, you were there. You're like, I'm healed. I'm ready to go. And the next day, like, you get, it's like, you might as well just punch me in the gut, put me down. I'm done. Like I, I've I did everything that I possibly could. You asked, I did it. I changed my diet and then I get this. So I've, I'm, I firmly believe things happen for a reason. And with you being where you're at training, you're heading to Iowa now, like at black mm-hmm. and brave. I really feel like those are the, like that's family. And when you, it's,
0: it's when definitely. you
1: get there, yeah, when you get there, I think the work that you've done mentally, emotionally, physically, I think it just builds and it builds and it builds and it shows your true character. It really does. And people like you make it and the other people that quit, quit.
0: You can't be a quitter. I'm many things in life. There are many, many things, many um words you could use to describe me and my personality, but quitting and quitter is not one of them. I'm definitely not a quitter. I think I actually do better when I'm under a little bit of pressure. I have to like rise to the occasion. It, it definitely galvanizes me in a good way.
1: Um, I mean, risk taker, obviously like you, you like,
0: mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a safe witch. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs>
1: let's, let's talk about that because you, you, you are a witch. I mean, let's, let's just call it what it is. I mean, people yeah. are always wondering, is this, Is this a a part of a character? Is it a a gimmick? To me, it is the best people out there take what they have and magnify it to something that's marketable. And talk to me about maybe if you can, if you can even remember, like has has this been a part of your life since you were a child? Was this a choice? Like how how did it come about where um, you're taking – uh, I call it the old word, right? Because I'm I'm a lot I'm a, I'm a Viking. My family is, is Irish and Scottish, so I I understand the roots. Ours ours these gods are a little different, right? And religion kind of twists that a little bit. I think so. Like when did you when did you know that this is what you were focused on and how the moon just all all together? When did you know?
0: Well, I was really fortunate because I was born into a family of witches like my aunt's a high priestess like my grandmother is a witch I just I was always raised around it so it was always a part of my upbringing. there are people in my family who are conventionally religious and that's also fine. I think that everybody kind of is drawn to what they're drawn to and they follow that path that brings them happiness right but this is what brings me happiness is I enjoy being a witch and I enjoy the practice of it. I love how mindful it is. I love how intuitive it is and I love how I hate to say proactive, but it is. It's very proactive. Like you are taking a stronger role in your destiny and what happens to you on a day-to-day basis instead of putting it in the hands of a deity or somebody else or whatever. Right. You know, it's like you are taking a more active role in your destiny and where you're going. And I love that. I love that's one of my favorite things about magic is that with the right intentions and the right focus and the right ability, you can truly perceive the energies around you and adapt to them or adjust them so you get the desired outcome
1: right and i was i was brought up in non-denominational but as i get older i really wanted to understand what religion was and i like i, I read the bible i read the quran i mean I, I read a lot of stuff and once i did the 23 Me, like i started then i felt like that piece of what was in me i I could find it again like i I understood more of like not really my purpose but like okay i I get it like those are my roots those are my genes it's inherently here so i need to at least identify with it and try to work with it so i I, to me it's awesome because you're taking what you are and magnifying that so there's nothing when you're talking or engaging there's nothing you don't have to play anything you're just Kyle.
0: no it's Yeah, it's really easy. It's like people are like, oh, cut a promo. Oh, okay. I can definitely just talk about some witch stuff. Oh, hey, what's up, Rob? Um, I think some people struggle with that because it is they're they're acting or they're playing a role. But whenever the personality you're projecting is from a piece of who you truly are as a person, it's much, much easier to be natural in your delivery, right? So I think that that's a key. I mean, you don't you don't have to, it's like, take it and turn it up. I'm sure we've all heard that in wrestling a million times, like find this little piece of you that you really want to amplify and turn it up to 11. But there's some truth in that because it's genuine and it feels real. It doesn't feel contrived or scripted or, you know, disingenuine. Right. It's It's, right. The, real, it's the real deal. So I've, I'm have i very fortunate that I'm just very, I know who I am as a person outside of wrestling. I know who I want to be within wrestling and it's very easy for me to come up with how i want that person and character to be portrayed like i know who kaya mckenna is and how i want people to perceive her and what i want them to take away from her what's up kurt uh
1: part of the process like when you what made you decide black and brave like did you go through a list did you try did how did that what was the decision that made you go black and brave
0: I did a lot because there's a lot of wrestling training available these days, especially to someone like me who's based on the East Coast. But there were a couple of factors that played into my decision. Um, first, I just wanted to go to the best possible school I could possibly go to. And at the time, I was like, man, you mean to tell me I can go learn from the WWE Universal Champion? Like, that's nuts. That's where I'm going. You know, that would be like going to learn wrestling from Hulk Hogan in his heyday when he was champion, right? Like, what a a crazy, when you really think about it like that, that's crazy opportunity. Why wouldn't you take that? So that was obviously the overarching thing is I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to learn from the best there is. Um, But another factor that really played into it, because there are good wrestling schools on the East Coast, is I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time, And to commute up to New York or New Jersey or Pennsylvania where most of the schools are, I would be constantly combating traffic, paying astronomical tolls, putting wear and tear on my vehicle, all while at the time I was working three jobs. I was a bartender, a painting instructor, and a dog sitter. So (laughs) that was a little nuts. And like there was no school with like a set like you will come here and we will teach you wrestling and then you will be good to go in X number of weeks or X number of months out where I was living. It was all like as you go type programming so I couldn't even put a time frame to it and I was like okay I don't want to sit in traffic I don't want to pay a bunch of tolls and I just want to get this shit done and wrestle you know <laughs> like right. for lack of a term so that was the other driving factors so I was like I was going to spend just as much money doing all the commuting to go to a school out east as I would have to just take my stuff and go be in Iowa for the three months and learn from Seth and Merrick at Black and Brave so that's what I decided to do
1: Um, I don't want to get too involved into it but how how often like when you're tra- making this trip how long d- post-injury how how much time are you taking over there or are you just getting to the point like I, I see you doing like your first pull-up like you're getting to the point where you're the confidence is there things are building uh um, <laughs> have you do, do you have you traveled back over there back and forth just to like connect and, and do stuff yeah, all, the time, been... all the time all the time
0: it really is like a family um they really, they they admire hard work. I think that if you put the work in and you really go and put yourself out there and you bust your ass, like you always have a spot there. You're always family. So I go back all the time. I have a roommate in Iowa that I stay with half the year. And then when I'm out East, I usually stay with my mom, but I try to split the time because the training is good. But it's also like good to not be stuck in the same place when you're trying to be successful in professional wrestling. Like if I just stay here in Maryland and I work New Jersey and I work Maryland, that's great. And I work Delaware, whatever. Like there's stuff here. But then nobody in the Midwest cares who Kaya is. Nobody in the South knows who Kaya is. Nobody on the West Coast is getting any magic, you know. And I think to be successful in this business, you need to put yourself out there and you need to interact with as many people as humanly possible. Like the Internet's only going to get you so far. You still need that in-person interaction across the board in many places to be successful. So I just want to be able to constantly go between the East, go between the Midwest, get out to the West easier, like meet people all over, like. Wrestle in front of different crowds, right? Because everybody responds and reacts differently. Like a Jersey crowd is in a Chicago crowd, is not a crowd in the South. Like, I don't want to get in the pattern where I'm just wrestling the same four or five opponents nonstop, which happens all the time with um, in women's wrestling, right? I remember my first year, I was like, I just want to wrestle as many different women as possible, like from different schools, different backgrounds, different, you know walks of life, like different ages, different wrestling styles. I just wanted to get as much experience under my belt with different people. So that's part of the reason why I go back and forth and why I've always pushed to go new places and wrestle new people.
1: That's a huge, and we, cause we interviewed uh, Kristen Ashley from PWI. She's a contributor and that's, Oh, I
0: love her. She's so great. (laughs) yeah,
1: Yeah. And I had never, I didn't understand the criteria. So that was what we asked her was what some of the criteria is for, like the, now the PWI top 150 for women. And mm-hmm. it really is like it's matches and it's yep. who you're, who you're against uh, really it, And intergender matches don't count, which was, that's hard, especially for the independence because if nobody's there, like you, you're going to go, you're going to wrestle, but it, it, it made sense to me. But now that I understand the criteria, that's huge that you're going out and trying to get in front of these different crowds, because it, like you said, it, it doesn't even, it, it counts. For stuff like that, but it also counts for the fans because they get to experience mm-hmm. you for the first time. And I say this all the time, but I live in Montana. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get pro wrestling out here. Like once every three years, like WWE was I here think in Billings. Like,
0: place that runs in Idaho, and that's it as far as like. Well, there's people in North Dakota too, but that these are again like oh, opposite. Yeah. They're not central; they're opposite sides of a very large state. So yeah, there's not yeah. a whole, whole hell of a lot I, out there. right?
1: I have nothing to all of my uh is this it is on a screen no matter where it's at i've only been lucky to go um you know a handful of times 10 probably but the biggest thing for me is is every time um i go what amazes me is the amount of girls like the the little girls that are there to see people like you so when you go to these that. shows or are you, how are you seeing more and more and and more little girls and what are they what are they what are they saying to you don't worry about Empress cuz i we can't hear her at all so whatever she's doing like we can't hear so and even if we do she ruled the whole show
0: it's it's hilarious <laughs> so it's fine she's a literal gremlin but um yeah like i love that like i don't care if other wrestlers like what i do i don't i don't care i don't care if like you know it doesn't matter to me. Like I'm not in wrestling to impress other people in wrestling. Right. I'm in wrestling to enjoy myself and have fun. And also like, Just, like, if kids like what I'm doing, like, that's such a huge check in the box, man. Like, I just remember how cool I thought wrestling was. And I still think wrestling is cool. But, like, how cool I thought it was when I was a kid. And how larger than life these characters felt. And how excited I would get to go to an independent show. Or, like, go to a house show and, like, just have my... peeking over the little guardrails, just watching. And, like, just being in awe of these people and these performers. And, like, in the women that I used to see growing up. You know, like, Trish and Lita. And, like, just thinking they were the coolest. And it's like, man, if... If little kids think I'm cool, I'm doing something right, man, cuz kids are also the toughest critics, right? Like kids will just tell you. So Straight, I'm
1: a preschool teacher, so I know I hear it every day. <laughs> I hear it like you got a booger, like they're sleep, like your dress yeah. smells, like I I hear it all all the time. So they oh. are your your worst critic and your biggest fan, I think.
0: Yeah, so to see like kids and especially like younger girls becoming wrestling fans and feeling safe in the space of wrestling and having female performers like myself to look up to. Like, I love that aspect of it. To me, that's, that is like the chef's kiss, right? Like, that's so cool to inspire other girls that they can be like strong and beautiful and powerful. Like, I love that. That's so great. I get and so excited about that.
1: That's what you, I mean, you're about the empowerment you're about. Mm-hmm. um Can I just, the patriarchal system in a lot of ways Uh <laughs> it's, it's huge. Like in, and in and it's, Kristen had it last week too. No matter where you go, TV wise, if you watch um, anything that's on television, twenty five percent of it's going to be a female match. And we always go back and forth about, well, why doesn't WWE have intergender matches? And my contention is, is the reason they don't is because China did that, and there, there isn't another China, and I don't think they want to tarnish what she's already done. Is it? Is it easier for you to? How do I? I'm not trying to. How is it easier for you to be? Um, I don't want to say feminist, but be able to empower those young girls. And typically, the way I see it, like they're usually there with their dad. Like their dad's bringing the little girl, because they want they want to see them emulate somebody like you that wants to, um, stand their ground, knows who they are, um, is proud of who they are, and isn't really worried about what other people think is do you see fans like that more often now like dads with their little girls or or is it just families altogether?
0: together i think that it depends on what particular wrestling show you are attending and where um one of the things that i think is really great about wwe is if you attend a wwe show there are men women kids older people families groups of girls groups of dudes like people from like lgbtqia community all different races all different ethnicities like there's it is the melting pot of wrestling at their shows you do see fans from all walks of life there and i think that's really cool that they have that kind of reach and i think that every wrestling space should aspire to reach that many different people right like and just bring everyone in on all the fun so I love that about it, but because of that, I don't think there is a typical, like a dad bringing a girl to a wrestling show. Like my mom took all of us to our wrestling shows when I was a kid. Um, I used to watch wrestling with my grandma while well, she would sew. Like it's, it's always been like women introduced me to wrestling, uh, interestingly enough. So I don't think that it's always like one way. Like I think people are introduced to the product in so many different ways, right? And I just love that it's not one way and that people find wrestling in the craziest ways whether it be your family introduces you your friends drag you to a show and then you end up liking it uh pops up on tv one day and you're like wait a second this is pretty cool like you know if you're a kid and somebody trades you an action figure i mean there's a million different ways people get into wrestling in the million different avenues but i love that people like are putting their younger girls in front of strong women and those women can be I, like they say idols right but like they're they're inspirational to those girls in a good way
1: here's me going to be completely honest because i saw this the other day and you just mentioned it so this is a it's a generational thing because i'm an old man like i'm 47 so it's hard okay, for i'm 33 me. okay so like and then there's a whole they,
0: generation of uh wrestlers that are below me now so i'm in the middle
1: <laughs> right so on qt i am ignorant because i just saw this the other day that i i don't know what the i is so i want you can you what is the i do you, do you know So
0: it's lesbian gay bisexual transgender queer slash questioning intersex asexual okay. aromantic agender it's um okay. they've just made it of extra inclusive statement at this point so there was nothing being excluded from their community okay. so it covers all aspects
1: and it's newer it's it's hard and the, even when i do interviews because i'm i'm I call it cultural bias. I have been raised with a cultural bias because of where I live and, and who my parents were and who their parents were. So it, I mess up sometimes. So I'm glad that you corrected that for me today. Like I learned something. Um,
0: I mean, I think there needs to be a willingness to learn and a willingness to educate as well. So as long as both of those things are happening, everybody will get brought up to speed. I truly believe I think, that. We all just need yeah, to help each other
1: out. Absolutely. And I, your karma is killer like you you, your karma is killer and I'm always a positive guy and I think that's when I see you working or when I've seen you do other interviews or or any of that it's always 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 positive
0: yeah I mean nobody wants I mean like we all go through depression right but like I don't want to do an interview and sit here and talk about everything that makes me depressed first off there's not enough time in the world for all of that secondly when we're tuning into wrestling it's escapism right like it's we're we're not watching or engaging with wrestling or the wrestling community to be upset angry or depressed we're engaging with this community because it's something that is it distracts us from the things in life that maybe aren't so great right so i want to contribute in a positive way so people can really escape and really feel happy and really enjoy themselves when they partake in the wrestling community that's just me that's how i've always viewed it if it's an escapist thing Let's make it the best escape people can possibly have from their lives.
1: It it is definitely an escapist thing for me because I don't, it's not live out here. So I'm watching whether it's fight TV or IWTV and my only interaction I really get to have is the internet community, the people on Twitter. Like that's, that's my engagement. I don't get to sit around and I don't get to go to shows. I don't get to enjoy it. Like I get a watch from afar. And I I think it's key that um, positivity will always outlast the negativity
0: absolutely it's so easy to it's so easy to be negative too like i've learned that in the course of recovering from an injury is like it's very easy to spiral and like think of one negative thing and then it's another negative thing and then it's like five negative things and then you're just like this dung beetle rolling a ball of negativity shit it's just getting bigger and bigger and fucking bigger until you can't control it and then it rolls over you and crushes you so you don't want it to get to that right I mean you don't want to be toxic positivity either but don't don't enable it don't don't set yourself up for failure try to set yourself up for success the best you can
1: do you do you feel like um your beliefs and you're gonna find this crazy but I don't I follow the moon calendar to yeah. get my hair I get I follow it to get my haircut because I've
0: uh, that's not crazy people, if that's what works for you why would that be crazy I
1: have I have found I live in Montana, so it's very close-minded and very a lot of right-wing. It's it's conservative in a lot of ways. So yes. when people, you know, when they say when you're going to get a haircut, I'm like, I let me check my calendar, and they're like, what are you looking? at? I'm like, I got to check the moon. I don't want to get my haircut when it's not. Do you live kind of that way too? Are you do you are you a uh, like a lunar calendar person? Do you do you? I use the Moonly app. That's what I use. I, I'm not putting them over anything, but I use that app. I like so I, I like can, Moonly.
0: Um... Yeah yes it does it plays a big part into what i do i center a lot of my practice around the phases of the moon um the aspects of the moon uh the goddess of the moon the goddess of the light selene it's a big part of my practice um just predominantly because there are phases of the moon that lend themselves to certain types of spells there are phases of the moon in which you know It's better to do certain things like on a new moon if there's projects you want to kick off that's the perfect time to do it it's all about rebirth renewal setting the stage for the next couple of weeks and then full moon is you want to see it come to fruition and then you have a reflection period afterwards so it's like very cyclical and it it helps me stay focused on what i'm trying to accomplish in life and what i'm trying to accomplish as a witch as well
1: to me it seems like you like you stay in the moment a lot you're you're in the moment try to be very
0: present i really do yeah yeah, practice. so you're not <laughs> I wasn't always present, but I try to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, how obviously your mom and grandma played played a huge part of that, but is that something that when when you sit back and you look and you go, man, that person is not present at all. Like they're sitting there with their kids or their family. I mean, they have the entire family goes out and it eats and they have like gadgets in their hand. Um do people ever come up to you and ask you like how how are you always in everything all the time 100%? I think it's um
0: it's pr- what I refer to this is like being present, but also like being in a state of alignment, right? Which is when all of your thoughts are lining up with your emotions, you're consistent with your behavior and you're able to process things well, you can make good choices and you can make choices into what requires an internalized versus an externalized reaction. Um, so there's being present and being in alignment. And you could say being present is as simple as just not being on your phone as much, right? But being in alignment is like a a state of mind to help make your life easier, to have less strife, and to be more effective in your daily practice, whatever that may be. So it's just, it's a lot of patience. It's a lot of discipline. It doesn't cost anything. Like, you can't buy alignment. You can go out and buy a crystal. You can go out and buy herbs. You can go out and buy, it's called materia. Materia in the witchy world is anything like that, that you would use to set the stage for a spell. You can go buy all that shit. You can buy the most expensive prettiest amethyst geode. That's like $5,000. But if you're not in alignment, you're not going to be effective in anything you do. So you should really strive to get to that playing field, right? Where it's like, you're in touch with your thoughts and your emotions. You can control all of your reactions. And because of that, you have a very strong sense of self-awareness. It all goes hand in hand.
1: (laughs) That's an amazing answer. Like I'm, I put a lot of thought into it. Well, no, it, it, I think it's it 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 means something, especially as you continue to to grow and as as you continue to like just progress in in your um, in the profession of professional wrestling. I, I think it's valid because I have never, and I'm I'm going through my head and I'm just thinking I've never been able to really see somebody that is as dynamic as, as you are with your belief system, be able to translate that into the ring. I can't, and if I'm wrong, somebody well, will correct pure me. Pure
0: magic, right? Hashtag pure magic. Well, yeah. like so, <laughs> Ring of Honor, pure magic champion Yeah, one day.
1: Okay. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> That's just it. And I think the reason it works is because it's so natural. It is so natural. Um, like back to the, this is back to the black and brave. Like, did they ask you like, what's your, What's your stick? What's your gimmick? Like, what's your, what's your thing? Or what did they, what was a response or like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Like, they're not trying to change you or anything. They just, they're just, you're able to go with it and do whatever you want with it. Right.
0: No, it's really nice. It's kind of like having a really good support system that helps you find your way, whatever your way is. Um, I know they do promo classes and they do a promo day, typically like every wrestling school does. And on that day, it's just whatever you want, whatever you've been thinking about, whatever you've been kicking around. And then you would cut your promo which you know it's sometimes a little bit intimidating and you're like oh well i've never cut a promo before and i'm just gonna sit here and uh, cut a promo in front of seth rollins let's see how this goes <laughs> but um no like both seth and merrick are very kind and very constructive with their feedback and if you are passionate and you feel strongly they will help you get where you need to be i remember like i was like i'm gonna be a witch i'm gonna cut a promo like a witch we're gonna see how it goes and i tried to do it very conventionally and it was okay and then it was like, well, why don't you just do it like a witch would? And I was like, All right. So then I cut the promo like I was casting a spell. And it was like cool. And it was different and it worked. And I was like, oh wait, there's something here. And it's a part of me. So it's like gonna be super easy to just make this grow. Um, and that's kind of how I got there was on that day. I was like, I realized I found my little my little niche in wrestling.
1: Yeah, because you're not you're you. You're not you're not having to make anything up. That's you. And I think that's what's so I think that's what's so cool about your marketing can you can just, you talk about? i don't
0: want little... to be like i'm wearing a costume and i'm a witch either like i just to me it's like anybody can go out to party city and buy a gimmick and put it on and have a costume and be a character right like you could be a firefighter or a cop if you could go buy a witch costume jesus there's plenty of them i wanted it to be a representation of like this real life witch that practices It's not like the spooky witch the scary witch or like the the super like i wanted to just be very relatable to us in a sense you know like i'm just like this person that is just really super good at channeling her energy and using it to kick ass like that's that's the premise at the end of the day is i feed off of that I'm the conduit of carva
1: how much time do you think you put into are you are you like your promos now like since you've been down you've done are you are you practicing like are you are you putting stuff together are you trying things
0: yeah, um, because a lot of it is just speaking from a witchy perspective, I, I seem to do better if I have like talking points. And I, I mean, I don't know if I'm giving advice here. If you, if you struggle with your promos, this is certainly advice to you. But you some of the, one of the things that I, I have found to be helpful is I think of the things in wrestling that we are often asked to cut promos on, whether it be matches you're getting ready to have, loss coming back from a loss, coming off a win, you know arguing an injustice like whatever right the typical scenarios putting over a show you're going to be at these are what most of our promos are cut on for the most part and I try to figure out like okay so if someone asks me to cut a promo on a loss that I took how would a witch speak to that and then I draft out some ideas and then I have that in the back of my head and then it's like kind of like being able to pick and, and pull you know like I don't know
1: do you feel like you're your worst critic sometimes? It's like
0: a promo set, just like a move set, right? Like you have a move set that's effective. You have a promo set. You're like, this is how the witch feels about wins, how she feels about losses, how she feels about upcoming matches, how she feels about injustices. You know, like it's it's like a character study at most. I don't necessarily think wrestling so much as having a gimmick, but wrestling is a giant novel and you're a character in the novel. And like, how would your character react? How would your character look? What would they Wear out on a date. What would they wear for an interview? What would they wear when they wrestle? Like, how it's like a character study. And I think the more you can think about what you do in wrestling as a character study, the more effective you'll be as a performer.
1: Anthony Green, like I will, well, it's embedded into my head. Oh, he's the it, best. He's yeah,
0: <laughs> fellow so, pug so, owner. <laughs>
1: so, yes. So Easter egg. Every episode we've done, um, Anthony Green has been mentioned or been on there one one way or another. Because when we first started doing this, when he was fourteen years old, like he was a fan. And he's grown Aww, and I awesome. know, yeah. It's for it's. I wouldn't say it's like being a dad, but it's like being a, one of the proudest, biggest fans I can think of. Just he's one of the nicest dudes in the world, and the way that's he right. ex, the way he explained it to me, it finally made sense. He's like, I have to be the actor, the producer, the director, costume design, like oh all God. of those, all of that, and I have to go out there. And sometimes it'll be somebody I have never worked with before. And we have to do this entire thing and tell a story. And I think that's like your craft and craft, like both of them, I think comes across uh, just genuine, genuine all in all. Mm -hmm. And
0: I feel like when there's a true love for professional wrestling, which I believe very strongly that Anthony green has can't, (laughs) Oh my god!
1: Empress wants in on Anthony Green. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the clip. This is what you're going to do. There. And he'll appreciate it because he has some fog. <laughs> I think that when... Can I please finish my thought? Thank you. Oh
1: my god! This is goodness. awesome.
0: I was going to say, I think that when there's a true passion for wrestling and what we do, which I believe Anthony Green has. I believe he loves wrestling. That it is genuine because you can't fake a love for wrestling. Like you can tell in wrestling who really loves this shit and who's just here. Like you know, I know, you know, everybody knows that vibe. And I think that when you are so passionate and you feel so strongly about being a part of the wrestling community, you just carry yourself different in the best way possible
1: right and, and to me it's always the most positive caring kind understanding people mm-hmm. are almost always the ones that make it
0: absolutely and,
1: i mean i group you in that like it, it, i group you in that because it's 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 huge um have you planned like uh, there <laughs> empress
0: maybe I <make> it her <laughs> some attention so why <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what makes interviews like this so unique, is because we we can always look back and go on it and go, man. How, how many times has Empress been on a podcast?
0: Once. I did one <laughs> podcast. It was all about the Empress, and really? she made no noise and slept in my lap the entire time. So there's that.
1: She, Kurt's even saying hi, to Empress. Empress is the third star tonight. She's, JP, she's the real JP,
0: star here. Yeah, Empress JP always goes better than Kaya content. <laughs> <laughs> people they're just here for the pod.
1: JP's JP's my buddy. He does the podcast with me over there in Boston and he's out right now. He's he's hanging out and doing the, the fun things, but have you planned out like as your? um I know we're, I'm kind of projecting ahead. Like I, I you've probably thought, you've probably thought a little bit about this, but like once you're quote like air quotes 100% and you're back and you're doing what you want to do um Like, have you you tried to game plan this where it really depends on your recovery and your rehab and how fast you progress? And um, once you're given that green light, then does that process start? Or have you already really started that process?
0: I mean, it's good to have, like, benchmarks and deadlines during a recovery so you can keep yourself motivated and moving forward. Um, I am shooting like I said for the end of the spring and as I get closer to that I will probably then open up my bookings so I can start filling in some dates with some places that I really would like to be um I really honestly I miss New England I can't wait to be back up at Beyond and WWR uh Drew has been nothing but amazing to me in my wrestling career I feel like sometimes half the battle in wrestling is finding somebody that will give you a chance and wants to cultivate you right um And Drew gave me that opportunity with WWR and he was the first person to give me consistent opportunity and repetitive opportunity month to month and put me in an environment where I could truly grow as a performer. And for that, I am so grateful to have him and I can't wait to come up and put a little bit of magic back in Worcester.
1: I can't tell you I'm excited. Like it's, drew's huge and like they I started watching seeing some stuff about wrestle open and I it's just It's like
0: if wrestling are puppies like we're puppies right and we're all in the pet store window it's like you definitely want somebody who's going to adopt you and put you in a house with toys and food and a little bed and help you become a good dog right like right. that's what you want you don't want some asshole to adopt you and throw you out in the backyard to kennel with like 12 other dogs like you you want that and you're sitting there and you're begging and you get overlooked and like other people get taken home and you're just like sad and you're like puppy face. And then like somebody picks you up and goes, yep, this is the one I'm taking this one. And then you get that environment in which you can thrive. And Drew definitely gave me that at WWR and beyond. And I, I just can't wait to go back.
1: Yeah. Huge. We're huge. Like I am mean, a huge. I love American Rana.
0: Oh it's yeah. that's great. Right. It's yeah, that such a one, good show every year.
1: Just one of my, like, it's just, it's packed. The crowd's hot, like it's loud. The energy there is indescribable. You could do that in front of thirty thousand fans, but it still wouldn't feel as intimate as just the American Rana. And I I messaged Drew, and Drew, you know, you could you can sponsor pro wrestlers, you can sponsor whatever. I mean, that's huge. That's that's something that's new. And what he wanted to make sure is he's like, hey, any money that you, any podcast, any person, individual, business, whatever wants to invest and beyond has 3.5 million youtube subscribers so do that yeah, that's wild That's yeah, crazy gonna... i don't think
0: people realize that when they talk yeah. like wrestling and reach like that's that's nuts in the best way like i think that's so great and i'm so happy for them but that's an insane reach it is it's like it... an engaged reach too it's not just like bullshit it's like people actually watching it which is like makes it even crazier
1: it's 100 and the biggest point he made is like when when an individual sponsors a match or uh, a wrestler in that match, whatever mm-hmm. that sponsorship costs, all of that goes to the wrestler. Like he does yeah. – he's not – he's just – and that – that to me that speaks volumes to beyond and W – like that's why we push and, and we love people that are there and it, it makes me excited that you're excited to go back there.
0: Dude, I'm so excited. I'm so ready to. I, I love that crowd. I just miss and miss the fans up there so much. They were so kind to me as I went through my growing pains. And I always feel so loved when I wrestle there. and I just can't wait to be back. with And like all the girls, there's so much good talent up there. Like you always have good matches and good matchups. Like it's it's just such a special, thing that he's cultivated especially with wrestling open now is like so cool like they're out drawing like other major indies every week and that's insane and like you never hear about that like i'll open up twitter and like nobody's ever giving them credit and it's but i've seen it i've seen it and i'm just like this is amazing like it's so special and i'm so happy that that worked out in the best possible way
1: to me the only because west coast like you're talking about only comparison for that out here is defy
0: that's yeah, the Dubai's really person. cooking. They're cooking lately.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, maybe I should m- message Matt real quick and just say, hey, the good witch is looking to land out in West and see what he says.
0: <laughs> well, if he's in LA, tell him I'll say hi at Mania. Or, I don't know. I am going to yeah. go this year. Oh, so. I'm
1: sure. Are you going down to the collective? Or are you going down for Mania Weekend? I don't know what going I'm going to do
0: when I go down yet. I'm going to kind of just um, keep my options open and try to get out all over and like meet people, maybe try to meet some people I haven't met before, if that makes sense, because I go to the same places all the time now, and I always talk about wrestling all the same people, like meeting all the same people is the same thing, so like my big goal this year is to just meet some new people, and hopefully meet some people out west, because I've not gone out west a lot, like that's one of my, that's one of my reasons for going, like I, I think it's a great opportunity to meet a lot of people from the west that you wouldn't get to meet otherwise, so I'm excited for that.
1: Before COVID happened, we were going to go to Mania, but we had Airbnb, set up i think it where there was seven or eight bedrooms mm-hmm. and there was about eight of us podcasts that were each going to have a bedroom and it was just going to be a place for people to come and hang out that we knew um it had kind of gone through the business and that went out but i think that's something we're, we're looking at doing like when you make are there other people that you're going uh, you obviously no real plans are there how do you,
0: yeah, no, do you know people really. down there no i don't know anybody down there we're just winging it it's going to be great
1: that's the way i think i don't really know anybody
0: in la like i said i, I that's why i want to go is because like i've never been to that territory it's a territory brother i ain't even to that territory right. brother. <laughs> but i'm not then so i i really want to go put myself out there and meet some people out there so that way when i'm cleared i can get out to the west coast because i've wrestled in the south and i've wrestled like you know in the midwest and like the north part of the midwest and i've done new england and like the tri-cities and the dmv like never done the west so it's like let's check it off the box let's go somewhere i've never been before i um i think it's a good gauge for you as a performer too like if you get used to wrestling in front of the same people all the time of course they're gonna like you like no one's gonna hate you like they they like you they're used to seeing you like whatever but when you go introduce yourself to a new crowd who's not familiar with your work it's a true test of character is like is it working do people get you? Do they actually like you? Can you get over? Like, you know, I, I love challenging myself in that way. I love crowds that I've not actually been in front of.
1: Have you? Uh, you got to be uncomfortable
0: been... sometimes. It's
1: good you, you. I, Well, I think that's, <laughs> you talked about that. That's the edge, right? You're pushing yourself up against that uncomfortableness to challenge yourself and be, be willing to, to fail and learn from it and grow from it and maybe not do it next time. And the fact that you want to come out West is, is that's huge because a lot of people don't like yeah, a lot dude. of people, a lot of people don't want to come out West. They just don't because it's like it's a flight and they may miss some bookings out there, but it's you're huge. Out the here. East.
0: I will say you're very spoiled in the East because they're especially God, if you live in like Philly or like Jersey, Oh my God. Like you could literally work every weekend, not do a drive longer than two hours. Like you're spoiled, but you got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to go places that are not, two hours away you got to go places that are 20 hours away you got to go places that are 40 hours away you got to go places that are six hours away like you just have to push you have to keep pushing and you can't stop because as you push there are people who are not going to want to push with you and then your car gets empty and then it's just you and your dog pushing you know like people don't people drop off people that you started out with aren't there They get married, they get girlfriends or boyfriends, they have kids, they stop wrestling because they're not interested, they get hurt and they retire, um, or they're just, they're content working where they work. And as you start getting opportunity further up the ladder at good places, it starts to become more about just you because all those people drop off. Not to be like sad or depressing or anything, but it's like, that's what I think makes the difference is when you are still willing to push and do that seven hour drive by yourself to get where you need to be. And- yeah, that's that's when the game changes a little bit. You know, I think
1: you, you bring up a solid point because I was educated again, like ride alongs are re- really no longer a thing. And I think you just hit the nail on the head where it's the people that have the drive and the want to want it are making the drive. And those people that they're people just aren't getting in your car because they don't want it. Or their lives have changed. It's very
0: demanding. It's very demanding of your time, of your money, of your resources. Um, I think that there are a lot of people that get to a point where they're just very complacent. Or people who have an injury like I had and they say, you know what? But I'm not like that. I I see myself being successful in this business. I think I have a lot of potential. And I think that if I work really, really hard and I put my mind to it and I put myself out there, I will be successful. I, I truly believe that. I think that that's like that winner's mindset that you've got to have, you know.
1: How um, I, I got two more questions. Emma. i wa- I want to mm-hmm. get you back on the road because i, I okay. again. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, of course. Um, if somebody wanted to pursue professional wrestling and they're like, I want to go to Black and Brave, like, w- what does somebody have to do to one apply, and and what is the process for them?
0: Uh, They have an application on their website. As far as they're reviewing for exception, I have no idea how that goes, but you would apply through the website. Um, If you are accepted, I think it's like, it's crazy. It's like a two year wait now to go there. Like when I applied, it was like nine months, but two years. So you got a lot of time before you go if you decide to go there. My, um, My advice to you would be, especially because the bar is very, very high there and they have a very high standard for their students, if you are gifted with time before you go, get in, get in shape. Go to the gym and get in shape. Wrestling is very, very physically demanding, and you don't want to show up out of shape and not get the most out of it you can because you weren't physically prepared, especially if you have the gift of time, right, if you're waiting. Please, like, do yourself a favor and, like, get yourself where you need to be so you can actually maximize your opportunity when you get it. I would also say if you, if you do decide to go there and you, you do have to wait to go to class – there's independent wrestling. Like there's never been before. You don't have to be trained to go to a show and meet people and help out, get your ass out to some shows, meet some people and help out, like be like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to wrestling school in six months. I'm just here to help out today. Like get a jump on that networking. Like you don't have to wait to do that. Um, before I went to black and brave, I used to help out at GCW. I used to help out at impact when they would run, um, in Philly, I would help out at small local Indies in Delaware, Jersey and Pennsylvania. Um, because it's like you want to make the best use out of that time. It's not dead time. If you're waiting to go to a really good wrestling school, you want to show up in the best possible position for success as humanly possible. So get yourself in shape and do some networking.
1: That's awesome because that's to a T you are your own business. Imagine waiting two
0: years to go to wrestling school and you get there and you can't physically do it because you did not get yourself into the proper shape or conditioning, you know, like that would be the biggest letdown, you know? So like set yourself up for success Work hard. If that's what you want to do, go to the gym. Work hard. Network. Meet people. Make yourself somebody to know in wrestling, right from the start.
1: The networking is huge. It's huge. Yeah. And if you if you can make those acquaintances and show up and just say, "Hey, don't pay me. I just want to learn how to put the ring together." Because I'm going to school here in like nine months. Yeah, I want to learn how to put the ring together. I want to learn how to tear it down. Don't pay me. If you pay me, that's fine. Just just let me let me let me work for you. Let me just just have conversations
0: like it's it's such an underrated skill, the ability to connect with humans, whether it be connecting with people through networking and wrestling or connecting with fans through the Internet. Yeah, literally, we all have a cell phone. You have no excuse. Like (laughs) building those human, those real warm body human connections is will pay off across the board, whether it be like having good connection with your fans, having good connection with your fellow wrestlers, connecting with promoters, like building those relationships and cultivating those relationships will pay off for you tenfold.
1: So last question, and I, I, I usually say this for a last. So when in Philly, do you eat a Philly cheesesteak? I do. Where do you go?
0: John's roast pork.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <Is> that, that's <laughs> the right answer.
1: Uh, there's sometimes <laughs> people say Pats, people say Toms, like there, you know, it's all over the place.
0: But that John's Roast Pork, okay, and it's right so, down by the ECW Arena. See, okay, yeah, there you go. So WrestleMania is in Philadelphia next year. You got to go to John's Roast Pork. I'm not from Philly, so I don't know how much weight my opinion has, but
1: it, I live it is like
0: two hours south of Philly, so maybe it's somewhere weighted somewhere.
1: because we we it's weighted because we ask people and it's it's on, it's on the list, it's on there, like so it's up there. Said that? Oh, yeah. There's been several, actually. They've also mentioned the ECW arena. That's the reason why is because it's right there. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're in good company.
0: I mean, who, who company am I in here? Now I'm really curious.
1: I'll have to go back and look. Like, I, I actually have a sheet, so I'll have no, to... let's uh... <laughs> give yeah. like, oh, a
0: yeah. spreadsheet. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, this is huge. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That would be great. Yeah, so Just when like people... like the uh, uh,
0: Excel, like, cool. default graph, too. It's <laughs> like a meme right there. Where wrestlers feel the best cheesesteak in Philadelphia is. And then it's like it's, the control is like proximity to Philadelphia. <laughs> like, yeah, are they exactly. from there or are they from the West? Like,
1: <laughs> right. And you gotta cut it You got to take the 10% on the top and 10% on the bottom and just kind of weed those out so you have real numbers. This yeah. is real statistics here. Well, thanks for. This is like
0: the cutting edge information people really want to know in an interview.
1: It Nobody is. Cares.
0: The, I went to wrestling school, but they want to know where I eat my cheesesteaks. Exactly. For this content.
1: <laughs> hey, thanks. I and mean, when you're
0: on the road, you eat a lot, right? So it's you like do. wrestling. It, we know where to eat. We know the food.
1: That's why we ask, is because it's good food. And a lot of times you have to have alternatives because it's got to be gluten free or I'm on a specific diet or, you know, but when you're talking cheesesteak, it's, I mean, Phil, you got to, you got to know.
0: You got to go. Yeah.
1: Hey, thanks Alrighty. again. For taking the time, uh, if there's anything we can do, always shout out. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, if you don't mind, hold on for one minute here. Um, I'm gonna get some information and then. Uh, but TWM Mafia, it's wrestling news source. It's a Yeti Kaya McKenna. Uh, do all you can. It's at K A I A M C K on Twitter. On all um,
0: platforms.
1: Yep, buy her that merch. That is the handle. Buy her merch. Go you see the show. To get to yeah <laughs> oh hey buy my merch before we go like i just like can you look at can you see i mean this gear you got new gear, the gear. i made it it is that's good stuff right there that is good like I, I was on twitter i was scrolling i'm like she's in it like she's making her gear you're finding things like just i just had to show that for the
0: uh, my people. grandmother was a quilter and my mom makes clothes so i've I have been sewing since I was a little kid and it just happens to come in handy for wrestling.
1: (laughs) JW Muffet. It's Yeti. Thanks for listening.